Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. Tonight, we go one-on-one with Marilyn Booker, Managing Director and Head of Morgan Stanley's Urban Markets Group. You know, Booker has been recognized with numerous honors, including being named one of the 100 top executives in America. She dropped by the Fox 2 studios recently while in town to deliver the keynote address at Webster University's 2019 Diversity and Inclusion Conference. It's not a coincidence that I'm standing here in front of this very large door. We all have to do our part to open that door and get to the other side. The other side where there's truly one United States of America. So what is your plan to open that door? What is your plan to ensure that diversity and inclusion are not just words on a page? If I had to give it a thumbnail, I would say it's tale of two Americas and I am talking about how people in this country so few people have so much and so many people have so little how some people have hope uh, they have dreams and other people have despair and darkness I'm going to talk about the history of how we got there I'm going to talk about how that history has impacted the evolution of how we've gotten there. We started out, first phase was slavery. Second phase, Jim Crow laws. Third phase, civil rights. The fourth and final frontier is economic equality. And I'm going to talk about that. And what are you going to say? Well, I'm going to talk about how people can make a difference. I'm going to talk about how maybe some of our laws need to be changed. They need to be made more equitable. I'm going to talk about how people who are in a position to help need to reach back and reach out and help others. I'm going to talk about it's everybody's responsibility that we have an equitable society. We cannot be a civilized society if we don't have an equitable society. And when you say equitable, what exactly do you mean? I mean everybody having the opportunity to be successful. I'm talking about not necessarily an advantage, but a level playing field. And there's so many people who don't even op have an opportunity to get on the playing field. So some of those things need to be changed so that people have the opportunity to at least compete. You can't win if you're not in the game. And we need people to be in the game. And where do we start? I think we start at home. I think we start with our families. I think we start with what we teach our children. I think we start with our education systems. Um, I think we start with our employment. Um, I think we start with just being a kinder, gentler nation and being willing to help others. And what do we tell our children, especially when we talk about being successful and achieving success and maintaining success? Their dreams are their only limits. Their dreams are their only boundaries. 
they have to know that they can be successful. That's why it's so important to have role models. That's why diversity is so important. And that's why I'm so excited to be a part of this conference. Because sometimes if you don't see people who look like you in certain positions, it's a little bit more difficult to think that you can be in that position. So that's why we have to make sure that we are elevating all types of people from all different walks of life and all, to all different, um, you know, different places in this world. Because our young children need to see people who look like them who are being successful. And they need to be told they can do it. They need to be encouraged to be successful. And then also have the opportunities and have access to opportunity. Talk about yes. that because that's yes. significant and that's part of the puzzle too. Access is key. Uh, but with access, I think the key there um, is education. One of the things I do that I love doing is I travel all across the country and I teach financial education. And I work with a lot of people in the inner city urban community who we would call underserved and they don't have a lot of money. And I tell them education and knowledge is power. And the more knowledge you have, the more power you have. And it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is. If you have knowledge, you have power. So that's what we need to teach our kids. We need to make sure that they become educated. We need to make sure that others become educated so that they can help our kids. And I think you're absolutely right. Knowledge is power. And if you apply that knowledge, there's no limit to what you can achieve. Absolutely no limit at all. So let's talk about finances. Mm -hmm. And we talk about budgets because yes. budgets are important. Yes. So let's talk about why it's important to have a budget, no matter what your financial status is. Everybody has a budget. You have a budget. I have a budget. My firm has a budget. Our government has a budget. Everybody has a budget. I love to tell people that going through your financial life without a budget is like driving down the street at night, no street lights, no headlights on your car. How do you know where you're going? So you need that roadmap, and that's what the budget is. It helps you understand what's coming in and what's going out. It helps you eliminate some things that maybe shouldn't be on there because people struggle with saving money because most people spend more than they save, spend more than they make. And when you have a budget and you have it written down, you can look through that budget and say, well, what are my needs and what are my wants? And how do I cut back on some of the wants so that I can start to save my money, invest my money, and plan for the future? I've spoken with so many people who say, well, I don't know where to begin. I hear this word all the time, budget, budget, budget. I know I need to set a budget. Where do I start? Where do they start? Where's a good place to start? Uh, I know a lot of people do things electronically. I'm old school. I still have my budget on paper. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> my kids laugh at me, but my right. budget is still on paper. It's very simple. And that's one of the things that I love about the programs that I teach. I teach something called plain English, where the average person who has very little to no knowledge about finance can understand and follow what I'm talking about. So when we talk about budgets, you get a piece of paper, the top column, how much money do you have coming in? What are your sources of income? Is it a job? Is it a business? Uh, is it uh, you know gifts, money that's, that you get maybe on a regular basis? That's your income. And the next section is what are your fixed expenses? Rent, mortgage, uh, electricity, water. And then what are some of the variable expenses that you have? It might be transportation. Uh, it might be groceries, cleaning, and things like that. And you add all those up and you subtract what you're spending 
from what you're making and that will be your clear picture of whether you're spending too much or whether you have some extra money over to save. Now there's certain things you can't change and if you figure out that you need to change something it's the variable expenses, the credit card expenses that you need to change but you obviously can't change your rent or your mortgage, your car note, things like that. But you need to understand and maybe if those numbers are higher than the money you're bringing in then maybe you need to look at maybe what you're renting is a bit too high. Maybe the mortgage is a bit too high. So that's the kind of uh, analysis you have to make because people need to start planning for the future. They need to start thinking about what type of legacy can they leave for their children and their families. But if they're not saving any money and they're spending it all, there's very little legacy to even talk about. Oh, and you're absolutely right talking about legacy and getting there and getting there starting with the budget yeah. and also having a savings account also investing absolutely a big difference between saving and investing absolutely let's talk about those two things. absolutely uh, people will always ask me what should I do first well the answer is you should save because the last thing you want to do is start investing your money and everybody knows about Murphy's Law the minute you start investing, the markets will go down. They will probably come back up, but they'll go down. And you need to pull your money out because you got a flat tire or the roof is leaking. You need money to fix those types of things. So what uh, we typically in the industry recommend is that you save between six and nine months of your monthly expenses. You save that. And then once you have that set aside to deal with emergencies, then you start looking to invest. Because if you can't address those emergencies, you're probably not ready to start investing yet. The other thing that we suggest is that look at your credit cards. What, what, are you, what is your debt and what is the interest you're paying on your debt? If you're paying really high interest on some of your debt, it doesn't make sense to start investing yet. If you have a credit card that's paying 22, 23, you're paying 22, 23% interest, don't invest yet, pay that bill down. Because if you start investing, I'm not sure how likely you're going to find a lot of investments that are going to give you a 21, 22, 23% return. So pay those down first, save your money, and then you start to invest. What about advice for single moms, single dads who may be living paycheck to paycheck mm -hmm. and who are probably listening to us going, I don't have any money to save. What are you talking about? I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Where am mm -hmm. I going to find money to mm -hmm. save? Yeah. Well, I'm a single mom too, so I can totally relate to people who you know, have those feelings of I'm by myself, what do I do? Uh, the first thing is go back and look at your expenses. When I teach in the community, I hear the exact same thing. People say to me, I have no money to save, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. So I will ask, how many people in the room have cable television? Everybody's hand goes up, nothing against cable television. Right. How many people have a thousand channels that they don't watch? Like me, I watch four channels, but I pay for a thousand channels. Everybody's hand goes up. There are places where you can start to cut, cut back. Small amounts make a difference. When I work with children, I have this chart I normally use where it shows that if you save like $7 a week and you have your parents invested for you at like maybe a 10% return on your investment, you know, after 10 years, you'll have almost $3,000 because of the way this wonderful thing called compound interest works, right? Imagine if you could save more than $7 a week. Imagine if you could save $25 a week, or $50 a week, or $100 a month. So small amounts do add up. And it's so important, even if people feel they're living paycheck to paycheck, to try to start investing right away because time is your friend when you're investing. You need time for your money to grow. You need time for your money to work for you. And that's good advice too, especially for our college graduates. 
I tell them all the time, when you get your first job and you mm -hmm. start making money, pay yourself first. Exactly right. Yes. That is pay exactly right. Pay yourself first. And they look like, what, what do you mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> I've yes. got my eyes set on that car over there. No, <laughs> you know? pay right. yourself first. Absolutely. Because if you don't pay yourself mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. and you take care of everything else, right. there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about. Yes. Looking for ways to take money, exactly no matter right. how small. Exactly right. And save it. Ex and and the other thing I recommend, too, is that if people have jobs, where their 401k plans, or if they're for working for a nonprofit, a 403b plan, invest in your 401k. Have that money taken away off the top automatically, because if you never had it, you won't miss it. And coming up on the Pulse of St. Louis, Booker shares tips to make diversity and inclusion a reality in the workplace. Stay with us. We are back in a moment. Welcome back to the Pulse of St. Louis. Tonight we are talking with Marilyn Booker. As she mentioned, she travels across the country teaching financial education and the importance of diversity and inclusion. She was recently speaking at Webster University during its 2019 Diversity and Inclusion Conference. Let's listen in. Questions in the room. We need you. We need your fresh ideas. We need soldiers like you who are on the brinks of entering this brave new world, unscarred by the battles we fought, undaunted by the many obstacles we faced, and unburdened by the many myths we were taught to believe. We need you beside us. So my message to you today is that we must hold fast to an idealistic view of the possibilities of positive change. We must not fall victim to the cynicism that is all around us. We must ignore the siren songs of skeptics who defend the status quo and undermine hopes for change. I love the fact that you're talking about diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. What does that look like to you? Having people from all walks of life in the mix. It's not just about race. It's not just about gender. Uh, it's not just about sexual orientation. It's just not about disability. But it also includes um, economic diversity, geographic diversity, because people in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, think differently as well. And if you really want to get to the right decision, or the best decision, I should say, because right could be relative to some mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. the best decision, you've got to have input from a lot of different people. And also, I think, as we talk about diversity and inclusion, I think it's more than just coming to the table. I think it's also about having a voice. Absolutely. Being respected, mm -hmm. um, having those positions that are decision-making positions. It, absolutely. And, and I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can look at any corporation across the country mm -hmm. and see that it's not diversifying mm -hmm. from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So how do we get there? I think firms are trying. I think companies are trying. Um, I ran diversity for Morgan Stanley for 17 years before I moved over to the wealth management side of the firm. And one of the things that I used to always say in terms of how do you get to the diversity you're seeking is two things. One, uh, obviously you can hire diversity, but the challenge there is that if you're hiring it, you're just trading marbles with the other firms. You're not really increasing the overall diversity in whatever industry you're in. I think the best way is to grow your own. And that means going to different types of educational institutions, 
seeking out different types of students, bringing them into your organization, training them, developing them, nurturing them, and having them grow over time to move into those senior, senior positions. Um, I think that when you look at uh, firms that are doing those types of programs, you'll see progress. Now, everyone will readily admit we're not there yet. We wouldn't be having this conversation if we were there yet. But I think that you want to look at the progress that firms are trying to make. And they understand that it's something they need to focus on. That's why it's such a topic of discussion. Right. And I love the fact that you say you've got to look at different schools. Because I think sometimes people who are in those decision-making positions to determine who gets hired and who does not, mm -hmm. they tend to look at a certain segment. Correct. Or they look at places where they're familiar as opposed right. to looking outside of the box. That is correct. But so many times when you do that, mm -hmm. you lose all these great, talented people. Absolutely. And all these brilliant minds who can help make your company even more successful. Absolutely. And take you places that you even never dreamed of That going. is so true. Because if you only go to the schools you're familiar with, or the school you went to, you're getting people who are just like you. So you don't get the diversity that your organization is seeking. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about your education. Okay. You graduated from Spelman. I did. In Atlanta. What was that like for you? And how did you end up at Spelman? Such a fine institution. By it the way. is. <laughs> Spelman is a yes. fine institution, always near and dear to uh -huh. my heart. My parents are from Alabama. Mm -hmm. And my parents always wanted their children to go south to go to college. So my brother was at Morehouse, and my sister was at Spelman, and I don't think there was much discussion about where I was going to go. <laughs> yeah, I will be at Spelman Without too. A doubt. Yes. But I went and I visited. I spent time with them when they were there, and I just loved uh, the sense of sisterhood and the sense of support. And um, if I had it to do all over again, I would do the same thing. I treasure the education that I got at Spelman, but what I think I treasure even more. It's the relationships and the friendships. Some of my closest friends are people who um, I went to college with, people who were at Spelman and people who were at Morehouse. And that type of environment, uh, for young people who may be a little shy, um, if you can believe I used to be shy. No. <laughs> no. Uh, a little reticent to speak their voice. Yes. It's a yes. safe zone. Mm -hmm. For you to be able to do that and have the support you need to make it happen, yeah, it was a it was an awesome experience. Yes, yeah. And so you also, people may not realize, you're mm -hmm. also an attorney. That is true. So tell me a little bit about that because if I'm not mistaken, you practice criminal law. I practice criminal law. Okay. That is true. My very first job out of law school, I was a public defender, and when people talk to me about, um, I have a very strong passion about giving back and making a difference, and I think that although I probably had it. You know, before my first job out of law school, I think that kind of cemented it for me because I was assigned to courtrooms on the south side of Chicago. Um, there were a lot of young boys of color who were coming through the criminal justice system, and I saw that as a vicious cycle for them, uh, a vicious cycle of crime and poverty. If you keep getting these rap sheets, you keep getting arrested, how are you going to get a job? How are you going to go to school? So I kind of took it as a personal mission to do my best to protect those boys' rights and make sure that they got uh, fair trials and that they, were, they got a chance to get out of the system and make their lives better. And that sentiment carried on to every other job, every other career that I've had since then. But that was a, that was a formidable experience for me. It really was. Yeah. So how did you go from being a criminal attorney to working with Morgan Stanley? So I, um, I had a couple different jobs in law. I had a clerkship on the appellate court, which was amazing. 
uh, and then I shifted to do corporate law. And um, when I was doing the corporate work, um, I wasn't excited. And I talk to a lot of young people, I mentor a lot of young people, and I tell them that um, if you're doing something and you stop having fun, because life's too short, it's a journey, but you got to have fun along the way, um, then maybe you need to reconsider what you're doing. And I just wasn't having fun anymore doing corporate law. So I uh, joined a small consulting firm in Chicago that was run by my mentor, a guy named Jim Lowry. And my very first client was Morgan Stanley. Wow. Morgan Stanley got out in front of the diversity issue and hired our firm to come in and help them design a diversity program. And then Morgan Stanley hired me away from my consulting firm and I moved to New York and I had my 25th anniversary on January 3rd. So as they say, kind of the rest is history. Mm -hmm. But the moral of that story, again, when I talk to a, a lot of young people, I tell them, you always be prepared because you never know who's watching you you never know who's judging you. You never know what opportunities may come your way. So you do the best job you can do. If your job is stapling papers, make sure those are the best darn staple papers on the planet because you will be surprised about the opportunities that will present themselves to you because you were prepared and you did a great job. And you're absolutely right about being prepared. It's not time to get prepared when the phone rings. Exactly. You have to be prepared before the phone rings. Exactly right. And before opportunity knocks. You That's have, right. You have to be ready. What is luck? I know, right? There you go. That's right. Opportunities <laughs> know, right? when luck That's is right. preparation. Absolutely. Because you never know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance being a professional mm -hmm. as well as being a mom? Because you were sharing with me that you have three children. I have three children and I'm a single mom. A single mom. So how do you balance that? That's huge. Uh, don't sleep much. <laughs> My children will tell you, mom right. never sleeps. Right. Oh um, yeah. You know, it's, um, there are challenging moments. Yeah. And, and I, I chuckle to myself about that because one of the things I used to do at Morgan Stanley when I was in HR, in human resources, I started our work-life program. So I spent a lot of time putting programs in place to help working moms, help working parents to try to balance it all. And people would say, oh, you can have it all, you can have it all. Well, I don't think it's possible to have it all. I think you can balance and have balance in your life, but it's not possible to have it all because there are always trade-offs to everything you do. Um, when I look at my priorities in my life, my number one priority is my kids. So I build my work around my kids. Um, now that my kids are in college, it's a little bit easier now, but when they were in uh, middle school and high school, I had their basketball games, their soccer games, the parent-teacher conferences, the plays. Those were on my calendar, and I worked my schedule around those. I've, got, I've done one-day trips, so because I travel a lot for my job. I've done one-day trips when I could be back in time for a game or a play or something like that. Um, and I think that if you sit down and you say, oh my gosh, I have so much stuff to do, you get paralyzed. So you're organized. You surround yourself with your village, because I do have a very strong village, and I could not survive without my village. Um, and you just do it. I should have come up with that before Nike. You just do it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so but, what's next for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, now that my kids are kind of out of my hair, so to speak, and it's just me, um, I love teaching. And I want to find a way to take it to the next level. Um, there's so many people who I think are thirsty 
for knowledge about how to, um, how to just make it, how to make ends meet. And um, I want to try to find a way to get my message out more in a mass market type way. Marilyn Booker, thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for what you do. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Pulse of St. Louis. You know, Webster University hosts Diversity and Inclusion Conference every year. It features lectures and panel discussions. Our guest today was the conference keynote speaker, Merlin Booker, head of the Urban Markets Group and Morgan Stanley. We want to thank her for taking time to be with us. The Webster University Diversity and Inclusion Conference is over for the year, but it will return next year. The event is always open to the public. And thank you for joining us this week for the Pulse of St. Louis. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the Pulse of St. Louis podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores. Remember, for News 24-7, download the free Fox 2 and News 11 apps. I will see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.